works. I'm going to try something a little different today uh, by going live uh, instead of making more traditional YouTuber style videos, which take just a little bit longer for me. Um, I want to get you what you need to know for the day in the market uh, and say it probably within the next 20 minutes, hopefully, and keep it pretty short and see if it's more sustainable for our schedules. And this gets you the information quicker. So just let me know what you think in the comments. Um, and if you're new here, uh, and love business and investing and want to keep learning, investing and in analysis and insights from a former Wall Street investment analyst and investment banker. Uh, even before that, don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Um, and the more, you know, every morning we wake up early and write a really great free email newsletter that shows you all the news and we cover a lot more. Um, so feel free to sign up for that link below, link in the comments, um, link in the description actually. Um, and, uh, today I, I basically, a lot of people were asking about my background as a investment banker and hedge fund analyst. Um, so I went kind of deep into that. So if you're interested in that, go check that out in your inbox. Um, so let's move on to our first story here. I'm just learning OBS Streamlabs. It's pretty cool. So I think the first story here that I really wanted to cover was that Snapchat, um, daily active user base grew quite a bit and its revenue grew even more. Um, it Snapchat stock is up quite heavily 35% to 38.50. So a lot of the questions on Twitter that I saw were, you know, should we buy it? Should we chase it? Um, so the reason why it's popped is because they really beat expectations. Um, looking at my notes here, hold on. Uh, user growth, the return of ad spending, and more people just generally spending time online and kind of on their mobile devices while they're quarantined has really helped boost the company through this period of time. Um, so Snapchat's daily active user base grew to 249 million, which was about a 4.6% increase, which is a lot on a quarter over uh, year over year quarter basis. Um, Snapchat posted a 52% increase in quarterly revenue. Um, to about 679 million, uh, mainly driven by advertisers actually returning to the market and spending more. Uh, they had advertisers, as we know, really paused their purchasing kind of in, in the beginning uh, stages of the pandemic. So, um, you know, we're seeing a continued strength of engagement among millennials and Gen Z specifically in kind of the Western world. So you're talking about the US, the UK and France specifically um, with Snapchat. And that was kind of where they saw a lot of that volume. Um, and, you know, this is happening despite a concurrent rise of Facebook and Instagram networks and also TikTok's rise. So, at you know, what I'm seeing here is not only are there is there a market share game here uh, with Instagram versus Snapchat versus now TikTok. I think usage is just all around up. People are just at home more checking their phones a lot more than they used to. So we'll see if that continues post pandemic. But that's kind of a trend to keep our eye on. So. Doing my analysis, uh, I'm going to pop over here, see if I can get this right. Desktop. Uh, looking at Snapchat, if you kind of, I did a little bit of back of the envelope math here for you. If you assume that Snapchat ticker SNAP keeps growing revenues at about a 50% clip and they expand gross margins accordingly to about 60%, um, it would imply that the stock is trading around um, 
around 25 times forward 2021 gross profit, which is still very expensive. So I would just caution and say this is still really expensive. Um, given I don't love Snapchat's like trajectory in terms of product and user popularity, uh, especially in conjunction with Instagram and TikTok, uh, I think there are just a lot of downside risks from this valuation uh, of them potentially missing growth expectations over the long term. So if they're priced at a 25 times forward gross profit, um, which is very expensive, you know, I think the market has clearly popped expecting uh, Snapchat to kind of keep this up, right? So, but if we all go back to work and usage goes down, it still kind of becomes a market share game. I think Snapchat will always have a place like Twitter in a being a really big social network, but is it gonna be the ubiquitous one? I mean, as we saw with Instagram, um, you know, Snapchat is kind of taking a back seat there. So um, another thing I really wanted to cover was, I'll pop back to, I apologize, this is our first, first live, quick live. Um, really wanted to pop back to Netflix. So big news on Netflix. Netflix is down big. Um, you know, Netflix is a streaming video giant, and it really fell short of its growth projections from what Wall Street was expecting. Uh, they only added about 2.2 million subscribers on a net basis uh, instead of what was expected to be a 2.5 million uh forecasted. So, um, and also profits did still rise to about 790 million from 665 million. Uh, but on a per share basis, this was actually quite a bit of a disappointment to wall street. Um, you know, not much to say as much about that. Um, you all know that have been watching me for a bit, uh, that I think, I, I think Netflix's business is a very strong business. Um, it's more robust when you compare it to Snapchat. I think there's just so much value in content when uh, when someone thinks about using Netflix and spending time on Netflix or using Snapchat and spending time on Snapchat, right? I mean, Snapchat is extremely substitutable, right? Um, but, you know, that being said, if we pop to the valuation, managing all my, let's pop to the valuation, pop to the valuation for Netflix, um, you know, it's still, you know, it's trading at 19 times forward gross profit and is expected to, you know, grow at somewhere in the mid teens going forward, which is a healthy growth rate. Don't get me wrong, but I still, it still is too high. And I do see the writing on the wall with all the content behemoths really hemming Netflix in. And we're going to see these content silos in the video game where you have HBO Max, you have Netflix, you have um, Hulu, you have Peacock, you have Roku's with you know their Roku TV. You just have an infinite amount of, of content uh, silos, and I really don't know how that's going to play out. So there's just too much uncertainty. So when you compare this valuation, so 19 times forward gross profit, uh, by comparison, Facebook is expected to grow. Um, let me make sure. I'm on the right screen. Okay. Facebook is expected to grow at about, you know, 20 ish percent going forward per year. And they're trading in a 9.2 times forward gross profit. And that is, you know, less than half the valuation of Netflix and, and even lower comparatively to Snapchat. Um, and then when you look at kind of square, let's look at square over here, Square's trading at, you know, 17 square, both square and Peloton are expected to grow at kind of that 25 to, you know, Peloton even higher, 30 plus percent growth going forward. Um, 
and they're trading at both about 17 times forward gross profit. So in my opinion, you know, I'd rather, I just rather, when you compare things, right, our dollars can only buy one thing at a time. So when you compare these like Snapchat or Netflix, you know, there's just too much uncertainty with the business model long-term for me. And I would say I would prefer to own a Facebook slash Instagram slash WhatsApp, uh, which is more dominant and a much cheaper stock, uh, and a Square slash Peloton that have more secular trends and less competition at a similar price. So those three I would probably prefer over kind of the Netflix Snapchat, but definitely wanted to cover that. Um, popping over to, make sense? The next story I really wanted to cover was uh, Ant Group. We've been talking about this one for a bit. Um, so Ant Group is one step closer to its public offering in China. Uh, just as a reminder, they plan a dual listing in Shanghai Star Market, which is kind of their equivalent to the NASDAQ and uh, a Hong Kong stock exchange. So what we what we see here is that uh, the Ant Group, Ant Group receives kind of China approval for its IPO in Shanghai, which is kind of a big milestone for them. If you want to see my opinion on um, on the kind of Ant Group in general, in the first, you know, go see. I did a short video on that on my YouTube page, so go go check that out. Um, so just a key key things to run through. It would be uh, one of it would be the world's biggest IPO ever. They're seeking to raise thirty five billion dollars, which is larger than Saudi Aramco raising twenty nine billion last year, and they're seeking a valuation of about uh, two hundred eighty billion. So for context, that would value the company as bigger than PayPal, Intel, Netflix, Nike, McDonald's, a lot of these big companies. Um, not, I mean, in the world of tech giants, it's not unheard of, it's not crazy, but let, let's take a look real quick. Snapchat over here. Um, so I did an analysis a long time ago, I just pulled it up and updated the valuation. So as you see here, um, Ant Group is expected to grow. I mean, I expect it to grow faster than Tencent and Alibaba, but these are the kind of what you consider to be the Chinese tech giants. And unlike in the US, China is fine with monopolies, right? It's a more monopolistic, uh, you know, system they have going over there. So where does that leave us on valuation? Well, Ant Group would be trading at IPO price um, at about 19 times forward gross profit um, and, you know, and which is higher than Alibaba and Tencent. Now, do I feel super comfortable saying I would rather own Alibaba than, than Ant Financial when you know, Ant Financial is expected probably to grow faster? No, I don't. Um, and Ant probably has better margins as well. So what, you know, what, I'm, what I'm really doing, in my opinion, is that um, because each one has their own pros and cons, uh, I would rather own all three as a basket of my for my China and international exposure. I want to own dominant businesses and I want to sleep well at night that they're dominant businesses. So that that's what I'm, um, I would just own the basket. Like the basket right now for me, for me is Alibaba Tencent and Ant Group would just be loaded right in there. Awesome, cool. Um, yeah, let's switch over back to the third story we have for the day is Google's exclusive search deals with Apple is really at the heart of its U.S. lawsuit. And how does this affect the stock? This is really big news. Um, hold on. Really big news, I would say. Uh, what do we think about it, right? What do we think about it? So what's going on? What did Google do? I'm just scrolling to my notes. Um, so basically, Google had a partnership with Apple that uh, made its 
the Google search engine, the default search engine on Apple iPhones um, when using the Safari browser. Um, and Google spends about $11 billion annually to be Apple's default, default search engine. And this is a big deal because Apple originated search traffic comprises about half of Google's search volume, which is so it's really big. So if you think that Google is going to lose all of its Apple search volume, then yeah, you should probably you should definitely sell the stock, especially in light of the fact that, you know, Google right here is up on like it's up. It's unfazed, unfazed on the news. So, you know, the government's really been saying that the this this is a prime piece of real estate in the Apple ecosystem. And this deal is really collusive and um, and really denies competitors the ability to compete. And what are the competitors? It's like Bing. So Bing holds roughly 7% of the search market share compared to Google's 88%. Honestly, 7% is surprising for Bing to me. Um, and, you know, Tim Cook and Sundar Pichai did meet um, and try to work together on that, this deal uh, way back when. And so that, that's kind of really the allegations. And so, you know, what we do expect is the, is the, this lawsuit to drag on for multiple years, right? That's how the legal system works. Google, Google we know, plans on fighting the lawsuit. Um, but, you know, you never know. So in maybe five years, do they kick them off of, of, uh, of the Apple, like, default uh, deal, right? So it will Google not no more be Apple's default search engine. And this is what this scenario is what Google called code red internally. So uh, just I mean, it's a big deal. But a ban on making like my opinion is a ban on making Google the default search engine on iPhones would definitely be a drag. Um, but one, the company has a few years during the lawsuit to prepare for it, right? And also, you know, that doesn't stop Google's search engine and Google Chrome from being dominant on desktops either, right? So could there be a workaround to make this thing not anti-competitive, but not completely gut Google's volume from Apple iPhones? I personally think so. Because when you buy a PC, it comes stock loaded with um, the default Microsoft Edge browser, which used to be, right, before that was the Internet Explorer. A lot of people still download Google Chrome. And even when people are on Google's Edge browser, they still make, they have to choose to make Google search the default search, right? So to me, I think, you know, a fix, a most likely fix through the courts at this point, and this is all just conjecture, is it would probably look like they can't do this deal anymore and Apple needs to uh, basically have a, a, an option to change the default search engine um, just like we do on any of the browsers on your computer. Um, so again, and, and I think the market sees this or at least agrees with me today, which not always, a lot of times, not always uh, agreeing with me, but um, I don't really feel that this is fundamentally damaging to an investment in Google as a long-term capital compounder, not yet. It could definitely damage the company's like kind of advertising uh, volume and earnings in the short to midterm, but they have a few years to overcome it. And being the default is additive, but it's not 100% of their competitive advantage. So people really choose to search with Google at the end of the day because they are the best search, right? You go to Bing, like if, if I just go to Bing here, and I, I you know, what do I type in? You, uh, I don't know, but you type in something to bing.com and I just, it, you know, the same things don't, I, I searched The Bachelorette 2020, 
you know, this, the search experience is just not the same with Google. And I know they are closing the gap, but Google really has some really competitive advantages and moats as it pertains to search and their, their ability to be the homepage of the internet. So I don't think that changes. I think uh, it could be a, a risk in the near term, um, but it doesn't seem like the market is really spooked. I'm not that spooked. I think it's something that we've been keeping a finger on, especially with all these antitrust lawsuits. Um, in reality, these things take years and years and years to really effectuate. So that was all I really wanted to cover. This is the first time we're going live. Um, and uh, help, let me know what you think in the comments. Like, this is a lot easier for me. It takes me like a couple hours to really do a YouTuber style video, and sometimes it's just really hard. Um, and here, like, actually, I'll leave this up here, which is today's. Um, hold on, today's pie chart. Those of you that are 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 uh, newsletter subscribers know I always I always provide this, but. Let me know what you think in the comments. Thank you so much. Wanted to keep these things short. Wanted to get you the information quicker. Um, and you know, this one's a little, it's a little messier. It's not as like typical YouTuber. It's just kind of stream of thought. And we've just written the uh, newsletter and just went out. So uh, thank you so much. And please don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the uh, channel if you want to learn more. Um, yeah, so hopefully like I, I would love to do like a lunchtime with, with Justin lunchtime here. Uh, it's a lot faster, a lot um, more sustainable for me. So. Um, until next time, have a great day. Uh, please invest wisely and you know, don't go chasing stocks, right? Don't go chasing Snapchat. Don't go chasing uh, Netflix either, right? Just because they're down. Um, and yeah, I mean, Google, there's nothing to chase with Google, but should we be concerned? Yeah, I'm more concerned today and today than I was with Google maybe two months ago. Um, but on the other hand, you know, it's not, it's not like they're saying we're going to cut your Android system or uh, you're not allowed to uh, be a search engine anymore, right? So uh, we'll see. So we'll see. Everything's everything's uh, uncertain in life. It's all just a probability distribution, and that's how we should treat our portfolio is probability distributions. And so as of now, um, no full changes to the Rogue Big Board, uh, but just you know taking things into account. So until.